Welcome back to the New Age Boxing Podcast with me, Andy White, and with me today, a full house, including the likes of Martin Theobald. Sailing into this episode on a ship of fear. And time constraints. And time constraints and a weekend of the wife moving away to Ireland for a week and uh, parties, cinemas, all sorts. Yeah, I could do about this today, but if I'm honest, no, no, that's family, I felt, I've, family I felt like I needed... I felt like I needed to turn up, take my beatings, and then disappear. <laughs> I knew Terry was going to have fun this episode. We'll wait to see just how much. Uh, Mr. Look at him, he's warming Jeff- up. <laughs> For fuck's sake. His jumper, though, is like Incredible. as crazy as your weekend sounds, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> had to, man. Like, I had to come fully fully murdocked out for this one. <laughs> I'm not even, he was actually warming up. <laughs> so I'm sure I'll make reference to it at some point. Today, no, it's sober today. eating different is it Nissin noodles, so, sober, what classic flavor. What happened to the long man? Long, I wonder uh, when they get sponsorship. It don't stick with uh, no. you're loyal. <laughs> Although every box that's ever heard this will know that by now. <laughs> <sighs> um, what flavor is that? Is it like classic. chicken? Uh, you know uh, chicken uh, in I, it? I haven't had this one yet. So. I doubt there is a flavor to it, man. It's, I think it's approximations of flavors. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> Oh, here the we go for the listeners. The ingredients. Wheat flour. Second ingredient, palm oil. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. I don't know why. <laughs> that, that sounds flavor. like sweat from your hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're eating. Greased palms. We like to call it palm oil. Oh. Um, okay, so I was at a party last night, so even for a casual, I'm even for, by my standards, I have no idea what's going on. Um, this is worrying. So you're going to have to really fill me in on all this. Due to Martin being so accommodating, I've actually managed to watch the uh, Dillian White knockout. You've of watched Luke five Lucas seconds Brown. of the weekend's action. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's yeah. all you need. Yeah, that's so all you need. Nothing else happened. Uh, <laughs> 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 you're not it's funny enough, I do know what that is in reference to. So I suppose I have a little bit more than I gave credit for. But for about 15 minutes. Twitter, <laughs> Twitter zeroed in on two accounts. I'm sure somewhere in Palo Alto or San Francisco, they've just gone, Who's, who, who are the seven wolves in New Age Boxing? Yeah. Why has suddenly all the traffic just started mentioning that? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, let's start then with the Sky Card. Um, We're starting and ending on the Sky Card, by the way. I don't think we've got anything else. Yeah. yeah nothing's, nothing's that important. I feel like Terry can probably fill the next hour and a half of your time. <sighs> So, all right, the, so let's lead us in. Oh, do you want to start with Lewis Ritson versus Scotty Cardle, or do you want to... Do you know to... what? Yeah, yeah let, let's give the fans some appetizers. Man. You know I mean? You've got to have the full three courses here. Because um, I don't know what they are. I, I, look, I, I, to us, I just tweeted Ritson's Ivan Drago in the flesh. He's... When a boxer has power and they've got confidence in their ability to deliver it, Everything else becomes like Amir Khan. Secondary, oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, no, but, but what you know, and sh- you, we we got to give 
credit to the British boxing blog guys because we weren't talking about Ritson. They've been talking about guys like Ritson yep. for a while. And I, I guess it's a reminder that there's a whole world of boxing that happens outside the Southeast and they're a pretty talented guy. So if you look at Ritson, Ritson was an England schoolboy boxer, England junior boxer, might have boxed for England at senior level. So it's not like he's come from nowhere. It was just no one picked him up. You know, much like Josh Taylor, you think, well, actually, why didn't anyone see it? So he's grafted through the sort of small Because Hearn thing. only looks at the GB squad. That'd be why. Which is a shame because if you look, he's grafted under, I think it's Phil Jeffries and sort of Steve Wraith promotions. Yep. And he's, he's made his name. And what you saw yesterday was a guy with the financial security to actually dedicate himself to the sport now without having to worry about where the bills are coming from. And in smashing Scotty Cardle, and to be fair, like I saw Cardle at the weigh-in. He was with Gallagher. Gallagher honestly did look like a sex offender. <laughs> like He's got a tracksuit on and he's got this really beaten up kind of puffer jacket on. And he, you know those drawstring bags you used to wear at school? Yeah. Yeah, he had one of those on. And he honestly looked like he was just walking around with a bag full of Rohypnol. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I dared not speak to him because I knew the minute I start talking, he'll know who I am. Does that work on dogs? I don't know. Like I know he, a man that would he, know. But... Yeah, he's got a whistle for that. I know, but it, but Cardle, Cardle's another another one of these. I call them Twitter boxes. You know where people just talk him up. He gets talked up on I for Scotty Cardles. There's Scotty Cardles that, but it's all talk with no substance. And basically, Ritson just punched everything out of him. I think like, we need to. Um just address that first round. And I don't know whether to give Cardle a world of credit for trying or just question what the fuck they were doing as a team because Cardle came out of the blocks firing. Like, in the first round, he just... That was it, like, out of the blocks, throwing shots from all angles. He caught Ritson, right hands caught Ritson. And for about five seconds, it looked like Ritson was maybe in dodgy ground. He was kind of backtracking, he... But then he just covered up nice and tight, took it, went back on the attack a little bit. But like that first round went to Scotty Cardle. But how much did it take out of Scotty Cardle? One round blowout. And whatever their plan was, you know, as we may have seen as well on the card, maybe they've been training it in Gallagher's gym. One round knockouts. Um, <laughs> the new approach, Blitzkrieg. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't normally see that out of Gallagher fighters. You know, we, we laugh and talk about the fact that they come out with their hands up. Um, covering their face, and Cardo actually let his hands go, and he was getting some relative success, but Ritson doesn't look like a man who's going to get hurt by the Scotty Cardles of this world. Um, and don't forget, it was only a few weeks back he was fighting Joe Murray, defended his title there. Again, another wipeout of a fight, but Ritson, I love watching him. I, I feel bad, as Terry said, that like, I've not given any attention to his career before we end up on Sky. I'm not in the Northeast. I don't get that opportunity. But he's so good to watch. Like every punch he throws, he throws with intent to hurt. And so even the jabs are like spiteful jabs. And as soon as he got his, his pace and his distance and Cardo had kind of blown himself out after three minutes, it was just one-way traffic and Ritson just just smashed him. It's shades of Golovkin. Where Hit where, where where he he's not he's not just a banger if you don't like you're watching him manage distance, you're watching him manage position. So all the stuff that he's learned from actually, you know what I mean, coming through boxing the right way, all that stuff comes through. And then it's just devastating power when he punches. Yeah. Um, someone of that level, he's, he's still reliant on ticket selling. 
Is he, it... won't, he won't be now. <clears throat> so he's from the northeast, um, Newcastle, I think. 20 minutes just outside Newcastle City Centre, according to Adam Smith. All right. Um, and he was Is fighting... it Forest, Forest Hall, Forest Green? Some will correct us. Um, but, you know, his last fight was in Manchester. This fight was in London. So he's not going to be expected to sell tickets for that. Um, you know, he's fighting. I think his next fight is up in Newcastle, and presumably what will be, you know, a next-gen show um, where they get Josh Kelly on it. They may have an anticipation or expectation that he'll bring in a certain number of tickets for that. But, you know, for last night, he wouldn't have been. So Riku Heikler asks... Is it harder for fighters from non-boxing centres to reach their potential unless they move to a top trainer? He he cites Ritson, but I, frankly, the question applies to, you know, in the wider context, well, much better. So it depends on whether you define Newcastle as a boxing centre. You, I reckon you could sell Newcastle. You could sell. It's never had anyone able to anchor an event in Newcastle, if that makes sense. So you, so you haven't had a Carl Froch type fighter out of Newcastle, definitely not in the time I've been watching the sport, where you can say, this guy is someone you would flock to watch. In Ritson and Josh Kelly, you're suddenly getting two names that just might be at that level. So we'll find out actually how receptive Newcastle is. I imagine Newcastle, much like <clears throat> Liverpool, is a city that gets behind their own. So let's find out just how, how interested they are. But there's probably a wider question. I think you look at someone like Jamie Cox. So Jamie Cox is from Swindon. And he, that's not a boxing heartland at all. You know, Bristol has notoriously struggled to generate income for boxers. The West Country produces good boxers without necessarily producing the kind of box office events in the West Country. So you take Jamie Cox, he's managed to thrive. Lee Haskins has managed to thrive. I think... Can we touch on Jamie Cox quickly? Did you see his interview after his fight? Was it, it's probably the same as all of them, isn't it? No! So he started talking about the George Groves fight, the one where he got stopped. Yeah, and, and he was like... He's going... I wasn't Groves, Groves wasn't bigger than me, wasn't stronger than me, wasn't better than me. None of that. He just caught me with a lucky shot. It's like, he beat... He, <laughs> he broke you down and beat you up. Like, how, no, delusional. Lucky, mate. Lucky. how delusional was it? And I don't mind Jamie Cox. I think he's all right. Delusional but- will be the theme of this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, we've got a Yard fan. <laughs> ah. got, got a whole Yard of conversation for you, mate. <laughs> feet and feet of it. What's the yardstick for it? Oh, God. French journeyman. That's a yardstick. <laughs> Carry on. Okay, um... Right, do we want to move on to Chris Congo versus... Right, Serge Mbomo. That's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, yeah, I mean, he basically took the words out of your mouth. Exactly. Didn't he? And then corrected them and said yeah, them. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was going to be Serge Mbombo. <laughs> so, so, Serge Mbomo. Um, good fight in terms of where Chris is at the moment. Your old double jab got a, uh, a shout out on Sky. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that anymore. bit of validation at the time take that Sky Adam Smith thank you but I think I think we've discussed the story of Serge Mbomo on the podcast before absconded from the Olympic Village wanted to stay in the United Kingdom didn't want to go back to Cameroon came down to double jab from August till November was held in a detention centre for like nearly two years while they processed his application so it was him Blaze Mendo Thomas Osomba was part of that group. So you know what I mean? You've got three guys who we, we've all seen on TV, if that makes sense. So yeah. 
Yomi adding Christian as well. And then the other lad whose name escapes me at the moment. But great bunch of lads. Like the amount they gave when they were here, sparring the young lads like Danny Carr and all, they were all around the London circuit working with guys. So yeah, Craig Richards was involved in that sort of time as well. So there was a lot of good work there. And Serge has kind of been one of these guys that fell off the radar. Everyone, if you haven't read into the Jerome Wilson incident, it's worth having a read. He was he was the other guy in that fight. And I know guys like Dave Caldwell took a very negative view of Serge after that. But to be honest, Serge didn't intend to injure anyone. He was just trying to make a name for himself. Yeah, I think it was, it was his reaction, wasn't it? I don't think he understood the, the cultural uh, and I don't differences. Think, and I, I think he assumed the guy would just wake up. Yeah. So, so I fell from. So he's been in a bit of a boxing wilderness. Um, I've pulled Steffi Ball up on this before. That you know, a lot of people complain that Serge is lazy, doesn't dedicate himself to the gym, and I'm like, African fighters are used to fighting regularly. That's how they stay in shape. A couple of training sessions, fight. A couple of training sessions, fight. And you know, the idea of a training camp isn't really one that's going to work with any of those guys. But he showed up looking in absolutely incredible shape. I met him on the Friday at the weigh-in. Like to say the guy's made of granite is an understatement. He's, he's so square. Like to look at him, he's as white. He looks like a transformer. He's as wide yeah. as he is tall. Huge, like, like solid as well. Like you, you know I mean, I was gonna say, is that all muscle? Like, could he take any of that off and get down a weight division? Because he's so small for that weight division. Um. Well, no one's gonna be as big as Chris Congo at that weight division. Well, that's true. I mean, it's two ends of the spectrum. Yeah. But you know, even putting him with a reasonably sized. Uh, it's all muscle. Yeah, you're looking at six months of doing nothing just to atrophy down. But I imagine once he starts training, it will just come back on because he's not really a weightlifter. That's just weirdly enough. That's just that's the kind of genetics people literally go to Sheffield for. <laughs> By your genetics, uh, yeah. yeah I need to get some genetics. <laughs> go genetics shopping, lads. Back in a couple of months. Yeah. No, and then and then you got Chris Congo. Um, who I just think is class and elegance personified, a hell of a technician in the ring, doesn't seem to make many mistakes, doesn't seem to find himself out of position. The only thing I'd say that he does, when he walks back, he walks back in a line. Yes. And he often leaves his, his chin too far out. He could be susceptible to getting caught. Yeah. And I think the risk with that is, because often what happens is you get in a position where you're like, I'm better than this guy. So you you take risks you, you wouldn't get normally lazy. take. get lazy. But but I think there were great parallels between him and Josh Kelly, um, who fought in the ABAs, and I think Chris won. Um, in that, you know, they're both trying to rise up, and they're natural rivals for each other. Because where you've got Josh Kelly, who's all flashy but carries a high risk factor, Chris seems to be the guy that's you know r- you know I mean, risk averse in the way that he boxes, and he'll he'll break you down, take you apart, and once you're weakened, then. I mean, the, the combination of the punches come in. So it was a good good fight. The six rounds were what Chris needed. Serge is a good name to have on your CV because I, I think Serge is English slash British level in terms of who he could fight and you'd, he'd be credible. English level, definitely. British level, if he sorts out his camp. I think you've had some, uh, some back and forth with Steffi Ball. Well, I felt Steffi was having a dig. At Surge, and I'm like, but mate, you're his manager, right? So, and trainer, yeah, you're responsible for this. Like, that's your job. You know what? What did he say? I missed it. I just saw no, no, that you and him yeah, were going. No, because I asked him a question. Were you ready to face Amir Khan? Yeah, on the Kalzagi Manfredo, yeah, where he got knocked out in the third round, and then he was like, 
I'm still living off that money. It was 18 to 1. And I felt like saying, do the board know about this? Do you know what? When I read that, when he said, uh, yeah, it was 18 or 16 to 1, I think it was. Yeah. I thought, are you saying that you bet on your own loss and the specific round? Because that's illegal. Yeah. Like, not just board, <laughs> but like, that's illegal, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But like, you can't bet on yourself to lose in a certain round and then lose in that round. <laughs> that's... <laughs> There's, there's problems Suspect there. at the very least. And I'm thinking, like, wow, I got it right again. <laughs> you're managing people as well. Like, you got to start asking questions then about those people that are being managed. Like, what kind of ethics are they being brought through with? Did Mbombo have 100 quid himself to lose on points? Oh, winner. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they have to fight again for a little while. And then, but, but you know, to be honest, that was just, just, just a little poke at Steph. We had, we had a chat on Friday. Nothing too great. You know, just had a little laugh and a joke. So that, that was just a little dig just to go, listen, he's off search, man. He's a good guy. But look, Chris Congo, will Hearn sign him? Not sure. I think it'll be the right thing to do. Or at least get Warren to sign him because 147 is still a division that's quite sexy internationally. So if you can get someone, you know, you want to move Bradley Skeet on, right? And if you can get someone to fill that British slot within your own camp, it solves a lot of problems. Well, Skeet's going for the European, isn't he? He's been yeah. pushed back, but he's still in line to fight for it. So, no, no. So, yeah, in terms of Congo, good performance. Good to see Serge finally get a televised slot. You know, a lot more people will now know Serge. And hopefully the, the English title fight can happen like it was supposed to without people, you know, ducking and diving. Okay, moving on to at least one of the big hitters of the pod. Um, Daniel Saint asks, based on the showing last night, this is verbatim, how the fuck did Brown ever win a world title, even a regular one? And with no sweet Caroline being played, how badly did that ruin Andy's viewing pleasure? Andy well, vetoed it. Yeah, I was I, when I heard that there was purportedly not going to be Sweet Caroline. I mean, what's the, what's the point? What's the point of even staging a boxing? But it, it, it was it was played. It was. It? I'm sure it was. I could hear it in the yeah. background. Yeah. Sadly, yeah. I vetoed it for no no good reason. Um, and then Rico Heigler asks: Was White Brown being picked up by HBO an indication that Joshua will move to HBO after the Parker fight? So we should uh, start, start with, with the, the world Saint. champion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he beat Chagayev, didn't he? Um, but was, he, was, he was taking an absolute shellacking. He was getting fight. beaten and landed that right hand. Yeah, he was getting fucked up, um, you know. But there's a bigger question about this fight. And it was, why was it allowed to happen? I don't think I'm revealing any secrets now when I say Lucas Brown was knocked out. Yep. <laughs> I his, know who by. In his last sparring session in Northwest London, he was knocked out. Um, that's worrying. What's also worrying is there was no one they could offer to him for sparring that wasn't going to take his head off. And from what I understand, it was one of those sparring sessions where they stopped the sparring session. Like, it wasn't like he got knocked down, he was hurt, they stopped no, the sparring it was session. Like, when? When um, was this? La- not last in, Wednesday, the Wednesday yeah, before. Yeah, the lead up to the fight. If you get knocked out in a fight, how long is the diff- How long's the di- time? 30 days minimum. <laughs> that doesn't make a lot of no, sense. No, no. And, and I said this on the Saturday. In fact, I said it before. And I said, I'm worried that they're going to let this fight happen because... It was a bad knockout. It was one of those where you're like, if you'd seen that on a show, you'd have been like, oh, mate, you got 30 days. Straight away, you got 30 so, days. So I'm assuming that this is because they can't regulate sparring. Well, well, it relies on honesty. It relies on 
like whoever's in that gym at the time who are license holders having the integrity to go this fight can't go report it to the board and the board need to i don't know the official protocol but presumably verify that with whoever else was in the room and then come to a, a sensible decision because the way he got knocked out yesterday was my first instinct was and anyone that's played rugby or any contact sport knows when you get knocked out the first time, yes, you're groggy, you're fine. Is that second one? Yeah. You're out straight that's away. That's where the damage is done. Yeah. And that looked in that second because we've never seen Brown go down like that. Ever. And go back and watch the knockout. It's not a clean punch. It looks like a slap almost because Dylan's glove is kind of open when he throws it. It's not it's not the sort of punch where you're like, God, he hit him clean with the first two knuckles, just bone on bone. And that's normally what switches the lights off. The way he went out was worrying. And it goes to show that in boxing, no one cares about anything other than the show happening because that fight shouldn't have taken place. Agree. You know, when you've got, I had, I had, I mean, I had eyes in, in there that saw what happened. And I, I just said, how bad? And you know, when someone says really, really bad. And then I, what did I tweet this, that afternoon? I said, listen, everyone put money on white to knock Lucas Brown out. Said it. And people said, do you remember that? He's sparring. What goes on in sparring doesn't really... I said, no, okay. I had to bite my tongue and you know, I couldn't reveal the sources. But I told people, a lot of people made money off that. that, that you know I mean? Little two to one. I mean, that's your, that's your stag do money sorted. But it, it hurts me more than anything else. I don't want to gloat in the fact that someone got knocked out. That hurts me and... I think you just gloated anyway. So. Well, about being, well, about making money, obviously. The inner Steffi in me. But Jesus Christ, we can't, like, I don't know what to say about that. Because I've heard it happen a few times where guys have been knocked out. I know Daniel Dubois knocked someone out who then went on to fight and was absolutely atrocious. And, All right. And yeah, it's it's worrying. So let, let's talk about the fight then. Um, at- so to headline it, right, it's... It's difficult because Lucas Brown was so terrible that you almost take away the credit of Dillian White because it's hard to... You can't separate the two. So Dillian White won every second of every round and iced a man. Like, starched him to the point where he's laying... You know, when Pacquiao got knocked out by Marquez, that bad. Face down, not moving. And your initial was like, oh, wow, what a shot. And then five seconds later, you're like... Move, right, Lucas. Right. Move. Well, well, <laughs> Move. I, I was more like, did he just try and kick the ropes? Yeah. <laughs> what a celebration. Um, but I say... And he hasn't seen that yet, has he? Yeah. So <laughs> Dillian White, straight after like the knockout, is then goes off on the celebration. Boots, probably the second from bottom rope, like in a, you know, release. Um, and in, in, uh, like celebratory. Yeah. Uh, Vigor. Um, boots it almost gets his foot caught nearly trips over in the process yeah I saw in the yeah in the corner of the screen it looked like he was sliding through the ropes or something (laughs) yeah it was really (laughs) it wasn't a great move Um, but I say you can't separate how bad uh, Lucas Brown was you can't give Dillian White full credit because of how bad Lucas was and that's probably harsh on Dillian because it is you could say it was his breakout performance. He's fighting an undefeated former world heavyweight champion, albeit regular, etc. Um, but a guy who's come over with this fearsome like right-hand reputation that he could stop anyone with one punch. And by all accounts, I think that's probably right. I think on his day, he probably could. But his day would require him training properly before the fight. 
it didn't look getting, like he'd... not getting knocked out ten days before the fight. Yeah, so it didn't look like he'd had a proper tra- or a training camp, let alone proper training camp. <laughs> but he doesn't have training camps. It, it, he he even said it himself. He does a lot of kung fu training. <laughs> <laughs> you should see the look on Martin's face. Why would you fucking do that? You're not going in a kung fu fight, you bellend. He does. So he he goes. Look, I come from a martial arts background. So he does a lot of kung fu training, a lot of stuff apparently for his footwork. But he doesn't do, like, he doesn't have a, a traditional boxing camp. I don't think he has a traditional boxing trainer. But imagine going, like, I'm going to enter MasterChef. What's your preparation been? Bit of paper mache. Um, I've always been fond of pottery. So yeah. I've just been hacking to death the pottery wheel. Like, proper going at yeah. it. I've had ghosts around me, just, like, proper doing pottery to death. As I made a this- lovely fruit bowl. That would do me well in MasterChef, <laughs> wouldn't it? But here's the issue, right? It makes a mockery of the sport of boxing. This is another thing. We'll come on to other stuff later down the line. This makes a mockery of boxing because you think Lucas Brown in this country, he's English level, right? If he has to fight consistently against the talent we have here, he's English level. And this man has fought for a world title. And he looked in that ring like he just, honestly, he looked like he learned to box on YouTube. Yeah. It was bad. He was so bad. And then he started switching into Southpaw. (laughs) This fight's going bad. I need to be worse. (laughs) But you know how Ronnie O'Sullivan plays left-handed occasionally? (laughs) Like, because he's almost completed playing right-handed. It's like Lucas Brown took that approach. I need a challenge. But he forgot to master the (laughs) left-handed approach. It was was embarrassing. Yeah. So, a couple of questions. Did, Did... Dillian White after this fight go now I should be able to claim a world title shot yep went absolutely apeshit this is probably an entire subject on its own let's give Terry the credit that he deserves here when he said the other week about Sky putting up every barrier they could to stop Wilder getting to Joshua last night was the realisation of that and so everything post fight was geared around White fighting Wilder get Wilder over here for White blah 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 or get White Joshua but it, everything that they said was geared around White being um, the barrier to Joshua Wilder being like a, a next fight or a fight to come this year. Okay, just on that, right? Nobody wants to see that, right? I accept... Uh, I don't think you can say that. But before Joshua Wilder. Okay, no. So so let's be... Let, let, let's, here's the lie of the land at the moment, right? Al Heyman has basically said to Brazil, you, you will fight Deontay Wilder. Because Brazil waived the <laughs> Didn't right press to charge. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so it's all right, you'll fight you'll fight Wilder. Let's just get the Ortiz stuff out of the way. And Heyman's powerful enough with the WBC because he has numerous vested interests in terms of big fights that can happen. Hearn's not gonna out muscle Al Heyman when it comes to that. So the compromise might be that Dillian White fights Dominic Brazil. Not an easy fight because Brazil won't fall over like Lucas Brown did. And Brazil can bang. So you've got that on the on the American side. On the British side, you've still got the WBA need to call a mandatory. The IBF will call Pulev again as which a mandatory. Which is Povetkin, isn't it, for the WBA? If, isn't that if he beats Price? Which is weird, isn't it? Well, yeah, therefore it's Povetkin for the WBA. <laughs> Let's be clear about yeah, but, that. But can you imagine Povetkin breaks his ankle and Price oh, becomes yeah. oh, the knee going. But you know how they've given us all those stories before about Price dropping Joshua and sparring all that oh. when he was like four years old or something. Yeah. Um. No, no. So, so they're going to call a mandatory this year, and that will be Hearn's get out of jail clause when we say, "Why is it the Wilder fight happening?" 
wow, we got to fight Pulev now. Cabrat Pulev, as he likes to call him. And that's where we're going to end up. We're going to end up with him having to fight his mandatory. They're going to go, look, we need to get the mandatories out of the way to get the Wilder fight done. And then we're going to be told it's a Dillian White fight anyway. I just... If it was me, honestly, if I was advising Deontay Wilder, this is what I'd suggest. Come out publicly and say, if I don't fight Joshua in 2018, I will never fight him. Because, because everyone's looking at this like, you know, like, like the boxing... Re- no, I can't say that word. Boxing mutants that they are. <laughs> <laughs> right the economic value of joshua getting the wbc belt is far greater than deontay wilder getting all four belts that wc that wbc belt in economic terms is worth more than all the belts joshua has and might get with joseph parker because aj wants to have the four belts wilder just wants to beat joshua he doesn't he doesn't really care about the belts because look that unification fight makes Joshua a multi, multi-millionaire. Right. I reckon Wilder could be okay making two, three million a fight, fighting his mandatories up the WBC ladder. And then he would just say to Joshua, get in line. And he could do that. He could just say, listen, you want to fight me? Get in line. Because if he's, still, if he's there begging AJ for a fight, he has no negotiating position. I'd walk away. That's what I, if I was advising, I'd say, look, walk away. We'll keep making three million a fight. We'll just fight more often. See, what well, the point I was getting to was that realistically, no, I'll go on a limb, perhaps, but 95% of people, if you said to them, what would you rather say? And I appreciate, just, just hear me out here. There's, there's politics behind it, but just hear me out. That if you said to them, White versus Wilder or Joshua versus Wilder, everyone bar a few people would say, well, I'd rather see Joshua versus Wilder. Yep. Now, if for behind the scenes political reasons, that's not going to happen and it's therefore more likely to be Wilder White, I'd rather them just not make it, not patronise me of stupid stories to try and make it, well, you know, he's got to go through White first instead of just come out and say, look, it's not possible until, uh, treat me like an adult and not try and feed me some wanky story that I'm not going to believe and then have to, f- and then... Wait, wait, wait. Deontay Wilder's coming over, isn't he, for the Joshua fight next yep. week? I will put good money on it right now that in some way there is filming of Dillian White and Deontay Wilder in a hotel lobby, ringside, in a taxi, sucking dick. I don't know what it will be. <laughs> Something along those lines where they start to argue amongst one another. Maybe like... maybe. I love of- to see that last one erupt into an argument. <laughs> Well, how does it get to that stage and then how does it get to an argument? I don't know. I don't know. That's down to IFL to sort out. <laughs> it's, but the fact is there will be listen some... Listen out, guys. I need, right, this is the script. What the fuck am I doing here? But, <laughs> Hear me out. But there was... We've got a fight to sell. So both of you drop your shorts. What the fuck, man? Can't we just fight in a hotel lobby? Look, this We've is done that before. <laughs> We've got revolutionised. This is like a use of Mac story. <laughs> the dog pound. Can you? Yeah. <laughs> but Google use of Mac, please. And the dog pound. Um, the fact is that there will there will be some form of clandestine filming where it's almost like White and Wilder don't know that they're there, and yet. <laughs> hey man, why did you? Do- <laughs> why did? You- <laughs> Hey, what are you interrupting us for? Oh my God, now we're going to have to have a fight, man. <laughs> Whereby they will be filmed and they don't realise they're being filmed and they all fall out. <laughs> really? And then 
that leads to... And then Joshua goes, you two stop being so silly. <laughs> Sorry, Anthony. It will be something along those lines, though, which will start to, you know, again, it, yeah. it just... It's, it almost gives some footage or gives some reason in case that fight does have to happen. And then they can refer back to it in the future. It may well, never be needed. We always remember, say this. Like, remember Bellew and Wilder falling out at one of the AJ fights? Ah, uh, when, when Wilder... I love it. I love that Wilder just shut him down. He just down. walked it like... I think Bellew was doing an interview yeah. and then all you hear in the background... Bomb squad! Bomb squad! <laughs> and then you see this dude just rolling in like a mink coat. No, no, like, it, no, no, it wasn't. It looked like a Burberry trench. He looked smart. Like, you looked at him and went, whoa! Wow. Oh, yeah. He was standing next to Bell, you presume, at this point. No, no, but you know what? <laughs> Bell, you tried to give him a thing. I have a better name on me, record than you. And I think well, I was like, but he had one leg. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, shit. Yeah, so but, anticipate something along those yeah. lines happening between White and Wilder. They just build yeah. up this library of potential like fights mm. and the footage that can accompany it in the future. But th- this is Hearn's thing. He sells you tomorrow today. He goes, yeah, AJ Parker, and then let's start, let's start talking about Wilder AJ. Yeah. But that doesn't mean the fight's going to happen. It means we're just going to talk about it. It's great business planning. Yeah. It's great br- business planning Look- because as soon as that Joshua Parker fight's over, if we say Joshua wins... Then he's got some further stuff lined up, or White's now got further. I stuff would say lined I'm, up. I'm glad that Joshua Park is happening because that could have easily been another one where they threw some other knobhead in the way first, and then like we had Joshua Park will be happening later this year, and you have to watch them both go through two meaningless fights. That's an first. easy belt to take, though. You just pay, you pay what you pay Joseph Parker five and a half million quid. You've got your belt. Yeah, same price to pay Charles Martin. Got your belt job done <laughs> that's interesting well we'll get onto that at some point yeah but look it's every fucker that listens to this you guys are responsible <laughs> don't it. stop stop buying tickets stop buying tickets for aj shows stop buying into the bullshit and just make a stand and go i'm not buying another ticket until aj fights wilder and see how quickly that fight for you decent boxing fans that listen to us because there's clearly a mix follow the same advice you know <laughs> if you consider but yourself a decent boxing fan or a fucker I, I mean it's entirely up because to you. I, I get angry all the time at people clamoring for no. aj tickets and then they complain about the fights that are happening i'm like no stop buying tickets because that's the only way Hearn's going to realize that this is a joke. Don't buy the don't buy the Parker pay per view. We know what's going to happen in the Parker pay per view. He's not training to beat Joshua. He's just training not to get his head smashed in, right? So don't buy the bu- don't buy the bullshit. Uh, Stephen Mock asks: Assuming Brown is okay, surely he's a good opponent for Joe Joyce in May. Oh, do we? God, imagine that two men boxing through treacle. That would be incredible. It would look like slow motion boxing. Now, don't get me I'm not actually... I was down... I didn't watch Joe Joyce the other week. We didn't cover that, did we? Because we weren't here. But I was down at the event and then I went home before the main event because there was just such a, a poor management of time from the production. But, um, yeah, do I want to see Joe... I don't ever want to see Lucas Brown fight on these shores again, if I'm perfectly honest. I, I don't have any interest in him now because he was so bad. And whether that's because he did get, you know, ironed out in sparring or whether, you know, we've seen him over here before. He fought Richard Towers and he wasn't as bad as he was the other night. Um, I just, I can't abide the thought of seeing Lucas Brown in a British no, boxing ring. I don't think you're getting many people, many people siding against you there. But um, the question I would have is where, right, 
we might. Where does Dillian White go from here? Where would where do you think he genuinely like he should what, go? What do we where, think? What do we think his next fight should be? Yeah. What do we think it will? It be? Will, yeah, yeah, exactly. His next fight, Povetkin. Oh, that'd be a good fight. That'd be a good fight. Povetkin, but I think Povetkin will end up fighting Joshua next. I don't um, call the pool of mandatory, or or the, or they'll have to pay pool of another half million quid. But Pulev, he would be a good alternative. Brazil, who do I think he will fight? <sighs> I think we'll see Wilder. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think because I don't think they'd offer a guarantee that Josh would be next, and I don't think Wilder trusts Eddie Hearn, so I don't think he'd take the fight, and I don't think he needs to because he's got Heyman behind him, so. It's a hard fight to make. I don't think people realize how hard it is. Like you hear all these supposed fucking 280 character boxing experts going, well, he's number one. It's like, it doesn't work that way. Now, Suleiman can just put anyone, he could put Amir Khan at number one. He's, he's got, done it before. He's got about another year until he's due a, um, a mandatory anyway. Yeah, because Ortiz was his mandatory, wasn't he? I, mm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I know he's got about another year. Um, yeah. and, and so so they can drag it out and they can just go well we'll just keep fighting the <clears throat> WBC list it's strong enough that you don't you can have meaningful fights down that list but I mean Dillian White also don't forget he isn't the mandatory he's the number one, one. so he's fought an eliminator they could then say here's a final eliminator yeah. but I still there's a part of me that thinks we'll see Dillian White fight Deontay Wilder next and I think maybe I don't know June, July time um I've, just, I've got a hunch. I don't base it on anything more than that. Uh, just go back to Rico's question. Rico. HBO. Uh, does it does it illustrate or does it seem to intimate that Joshua's going to be going, moving to HBO? Nope. Hearn does this shit all the time. He goes, do you know what? Think of sending AJ to Vegas. And then Vegas just lay, look, come down for this fight. We just And it's all expenses paid, right? It's a nice little jolly. Hearn goes out there. AJ goes out there. It builds up attention for the Mirage, for the T-Mobile Arena, for all of that stuff that Vegas loves. So Hearn will go there for a couple of weeks on a jolly. And then AJ fights in bloody Cardiff after all of that. So with H- he'll play HBO off against Showtime. He'll go, look, we're putting all these shows on HBO. This is the offer they've made us. Mr. Espinosa, do you want to match that? And Showtime have a bigger boxing budget than HBO do. So... I can see that being the more likely option, but HBO are taking these fights as a as a pathway to you know courting them for the for the long term and getting that getting Joshua on board as well. Uh, Chris W asks question for the podcast. According to your so called experts, <laughs> winky smiley, uh, Wilder That's That's isn't <laughs> Wilder isn't given enough credit. If so, why is it taking the US public so long to get behind him, especially given their longing for a homegrown heavyweight? Because they don't like intelligent, articulate black men in America. That's just a fact. Like, if he was a knucklehead who had seven kids, had been arrested three or four times. Hi, Floyd. Yeah. Had, had, <laughs> had brawls, had brawls up and down the country. Punched his missus. Yeah. They would all of a sudden have time. We had the same thing with Andre Ward. They'd say Andre Ward's boring i'm like why is andre ward boring doesn't say much andre ward's a family man He's hi got... adrian broner yeah that's the, that's gonna... the name that came to my head actually and that's the point deontay wilder on what he does in the ring should be a pay-per-view star and america should love him but he doesn't tick the stereotypical boxes that make americans comfortable with black men 
because he is articulate. When he does his post-fight press conferences, he's almost presidential in the sense that he looks wider than himself and he talks about things wider than boxing. He's not like AJ who's heavily scripted. This is stuff that he does. You know, he went to college. He's not stupid. And <laughs> You know, presidential seems to have... It's, that that term has somewhat That's been sour. distorted in America nowadays. <laughs> he's actually acting maybe, above presidential. Maybe if, he's, maybe, he's, maybe if he was presidential, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if he was presidential, he'd be more loved. It's more of a slur actually to call someone yeah. presidential. In I think also um, Hearn, as much as we give him pelters when he does bad things, as much as he gets slated by a lot of angles within boxing, he is a fantastic salesman, a fantastic businessman. If Deontay Wilder was over here, he would be as big as Joshua. But he doesn't have anyone batting for him. He's got to do it all himself. Al Heyman sits in the background. Deontay Wilder's got to do it all himself. The fighting, the training, and then the promotion side of it. That's hard to do. That's hard for anyone to do. I know some people say Floyd did it. Yeah, fair enough. That's an exception to the rule. But it's very hard to make a name for yourself in a country as big as America. Like... But over here, you've got Joshua. If Joshua didn't have Eddie Hearn, he wouldn't be as interesting to people. He yeah. would be fighting at fucking York Hall because yeah. he's Eddie Hearn does such a good job from the business side of building the interest in Anthony Joshua that if it was just left to the scripted, monotonous talk of Anthony Joshua, everyone would just turn off. And, and let's not also forget, like, there's nothing like having a machine behind you. And Sky's an absolute juggernaut. And I don't think... I would, it might be HBO, it might be Showtime. I forget who, who who's behind Wilder. But they don't put enough into him. The fact you don't know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's evident. It's, it's, yeah, and, and that's disappointing. But, you know, his profile will increase because much like Ali and Frazier, I, don't, I just think you'll always talk about AJ and Wilder in the same sentence. Daniel Saint asks... Fuck. Following uh, this weekend, Martin, has your wife hidden any sharp objects around the house? She left the country. We'll go that way. <laughs> um, Terry, is this an area you wish to gloat in? Wait, wait. I, we've just oh, discussed this. <laughs> there is no agenda point for, <laughs> for what Terry wants to discuss. For, for the truth. <laughs> there is no agenda for, point. For, for the truth. You, have to, you have to submit agenda points two days before or else it, it doesn't get discussed. <laughs> Come on, man. We, we, all, we all work Ooh. in a corporate environment. We know how that works. Unless you can... Security, can we clear this man, please? Can we clear him? So I need Get a, him out the building. I need a piss. <laughs> uh, you boys carry on. Nah, 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 nah. Martin, we'll wait. We'll just whistle. Martin, why... Are you, I was going to say, why are you heading to the door? Oh, no. <laughs> over. He's over. The bin's gone over. <laughs> Charging out of the room. Right. Ooh. Let's start warming up. Let's give it two minutes and we'll come back. Uh, are we still doing this, are we? Oh, yeah. Are you are, you're not off. Are oh, you come back? Oh. Yeah, no. Uh, are you finished now, yeah? yeah? So let's move on to the Joshua card. Yeah, we're we no, 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 to AOB now. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to give the audience a lowdown on your sober noodles. Were they nice? They were all right. No, not... Sobering. Not... Not what I expected, but... What happen. flavour did they put up to date? I think there were elements of chicken in there. But I, I say that more mm -hmm. in terms of texture. That does sound good. Was there any yeah. hand sweat? Might have been hand sweat. I don't know. Hand sweat from a di three different men. 
But whilst that is interesting to talk about, let's talk about thing, something that you are deeply... What was the texture of the noodles like? Was it, <laughs> was it good? <laughs> Would you buy them again? Can we Amazon Come on, let... No, I wouldn't rematch, to be honest. What, what... I just wouldn't have a... Re- no, no rematch. Why don't, why don't you be frank about the noodles? <laughs> they serve the purpose. Why, right. don't I, why don't I just be frank? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And sue. Callum, <laughs> Callum, let's get on with right, it. Right, look, look. Everyone knows yesterday was, was a very tense day for me. <laughs> it was basking in crapulence. <laughs> it was the war of the world. Let, let's be absolutely honest, right? I go back to last year and I, I, where I could, I bit my tongue. And I heard Steve Goodwin come on the show and talk about things. I knew I didn't believe it at the time, but I sat there and I went, the fall will come. And when the fall comes, then I'll address these issues. And then Martin, you know, maintained the company line, Johnny Nelson style. I was like, okay, okay, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens when, when the train comes off the tracks. And then over time, I began to reflect and I remembered, I went back to 2015, January 12th, 2015. God, he's going to milk this one, aren't he? Fuck <laughs> got yeah. a three-year flashback and, and, here. And I just want to tell you, right, Frank Bullioni, in his own words, said, every time I've got a fight coming up, these idiots start making noise about wanting to fight me. And when I'm ready to fight, they go quiet. Do you know who he's referring to? Steve Goodwin. April 12th. I'm glad this fight can finally be made now that Lee Markham has got rid of the main blocker in the way. Lee Markham, can you talk about your new promotional and management situation? No, I can't. But the blockers have gone. This, these, it's all there. Go and find it on the IFL records if you want. So you have Frank identifying behavior traits and not liking them that came to benefit him, right? Which I had an issue with, and I'd known this for a while. He was happy to slate Steve Good and called him a silly promoter in January 2015. Final closing marks. Get rid of your silly promoter, Lee, and we can fight. And this is Lee Markham. Lee Markham's gone on to do not that much. Solid enough in the small hall scene. That's it. Frank fought him to a draw. Uh, you know, got beat by, what's his name? Got beat by the older Tudinoff, the better Tudinoff. And suddenly his whole world falls apart. Decides he's a light heavyweight. Signs up with Steve Goodwin. The very tactics that were annoying Frank Bullioni became the tactics he began to use. Pipe up when there's no risk. When there is a risk, pipe back down again and hide behind paperwork and regulations. This is stuff that he highlighted Steve does. I'm not saying Steve does this. This is what Frank was saying. Now the man's managing him. So it's the same tactic. So that's what I was frustrated by. He hadn't earned the right to fight for the light heavyweight title because he hadn't fought any British light heavyweight to qualify. His last fight against a British boxer was Lee Markham. That was a draw. Some say he was lucky to get a draw. Well, all right, take that square on the chin. You beat Hosea Burton because Hosea Burton runs out of gas. Not because you're a better fighter than him. You weren't a better fighter than him in the amateurs, really, no matter what you try and tell us. And I get told that's a good win. I accept that. You won when you weren't supposed to win. Congratulations. Now we expect to see him test himself because he's always said he's a world-level fighter. But let's go back quickly. I forgot this, right? Oh, okay. I remember when they asked him, who do you want to fight 
for the British title. And he, his words were, I'm not that bothered about the British or Commonwealth. I'm ranked number six in the WBO. I'm happy to just rise up that ladder. You know, just remember that when he was happy to be WBO ranked, he, he took great importance in that and made fun of it when Anthony Yard was claiming that. You know, all these things that come up. And then you fight Ricky Summers. No one knows who Ricky Summers is to this day. I'm sure he just works at Butlins and, you know, he had some time off. Then you fight Craig Richards, and as talented as Craig is, and he'll be a great fighter at some point, he's not, you know, a guy you can really hang your legacy on because he hadn't even had 15 bouts. And at that point, we're now all looking. As a boxing community, there's agreement that, based on ability, Anthony R should now be fighting for the British title. He's bypassed. For, for whatever reasons, you know, they say, oh, it was the way the board did it. But we all know promoters and managers petition the board all the time for certain fights to happen. I'm not saying Steve said, don't let it be a bullioni yard fight, but someone did. And as fans, we should say that's dirty. It might have even been Gallagher. Gallagher might have wanted that to be in his favor. He might, Hearn might have wanted it in his favor, but it was dirty as fuck to exclude Anthony Yard or to rank him as the fourth out of those three and rank below someone who has a comparable record in Callum Johnson to Anthony Yard. It's a comparable record and has been out for a year and a half. So all of this is, is it leaves a bad taste in the mouth. And I have nothing against Frank as a person. What I'm saying is my loyalty is to the sport of boxing. And this violates everything I believe in. The belts should be active and the belts should be involved in the fights the fans want to see. And then we get that third fight. And at first I was quite critical of Callum Johnson, but someone actually DM'd me after one of the podcasts and said, listen, the man's lost his dad. That's why he's not really boxing or training at the moment. So that's why my whole tone changed after that. And then yesterday happened. <laughs> finally, finally, the flashback has ended. So... Whatever you imagine is happening right now is probably... You're probably nowhere near. Yeah. If Terry could do backflips, then he probably would have done Beating the happened. desk like a and gorilla. And all that bullshit, all that trying to hold every belt hostage, Southern area, English, British, trying to hold it hostage, all fell apart thanks to Liam Conroy, thanks to Callum Johnson. Now the belts are temporarily free until I get disappointed again. But <laughs> let's, let, let, let's just dwell on this. Callum, who's been through hell, is able to show up. And I don't even think there was a sense of urgency. He just beat up the other guy. He beat him up. Beat him up. <laughs> the golden boy. The, the one Matchroom spent £200,000 on got beaten up by a guy who hasn't really trained. Imagine that. And I'm happy on one side because it, it, it put to bed a lot of the bullshit that I kept quiet about. But I'm upset for Don Charles because I think Don Charles deserves to have a money-making fighter who can help him sustain his operation because Don's a good trainer. So I hope he does find one. And Don and I have been in talks about some options, which is good. So I'm definitely on Don Charles' side on this side. But here, this was a victory for boxing. And this said, 
You can't try and steal a Lonsdale belt. How fucking dare you? One of the most historic things in this sport and you try to nick it. And then you try to feed me this bullshit about undefeated fighters. Nah, you had to fight Yard. You chose not to fight Yard. Cool. All right. Let's not even debate that anymore. But the fact is you've been exposed for what you were exposed for at 168. Not very good. You weren't very good at 168. You can't show me a win that Frank has at 168 that is worth talking about. 175, even then, I don't think Jose Burton's that good. What's he going on to do? Absolutely nothing. The bubbles burst. I want to hear any more of this bullshit about, yeah, you got to go fuck all that bullshit, yeah? Now we know the truth. Now we know the truth. A very average fighter who has a bit of a following. Send him to the small halls, man. If he can sell 400 tickets, says, I'll send him to the small halls. Because I'm bored of people holding shit hostage just for their own selfish ambitions. I just went to win the Lonsdale belt. Not I want to earn it. I want to win the Lonsdale belt. Yeah, I want to win it. How do you know he said it like that? I was there. <laughs> There's nothing worse than people feeding the fans bullshit. And that's what you were fed. This whole 175 thing has been a farce from start to finish. It's been a stitch up. We're like yeah? dung beetles with Eddie Hearn though. We, that's what we live off. No, look. Bullshit. But it is. And, and I had to sit there, you know, and there was, there was a company line that was maintained. It's all over now, yeah? Frank's done. I heard him talk about a rematch. On what basis does he deserve a rematch? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, he was shitting on Jose Burton when he lost. Now, there you go. You get back in the queue. You fight Anthony Yard now. You're at the back of that queue. You fight Anthony Yard. Let's see if you've got the heart to do it. It was good. I enjoyed that. That, that hiding. I'm glad it wasn't a 12-round. It was a hiding. It was, listen, <laughs> you've got what's mine. Bang, 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 bang. Oh, jumping around after that bell like you were going to do something. It's like, mate, you had a whole fucking first round to do something and Callum didn't let you. Shouts out to Callum Johnson. One of the few times I'm happy that Joe Gallagher won. Martin, what did you think to fight? <laughs> <laughs> mine? Mine, wake up mine. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no one's falling asleep during that. Look, I liked it. It was a good fight. I'm not going to sit here and pick apart Terry's argument because there are multiple flaws, but whatever, that's fine. <laughs> the we'll, go with that. we'll go with that. We'll go with that. I was happy for Callum Johnson. Look, the man's been out of the ring because of personal issues. He goes in there to say he hasn't been training is a fallacy. Um, he's been training in Lincoln, not in Manchester. I think what I said is hardly been training. Okay. And that is Either true. way, either way. Um, but Callum Johnson showed us that he's legit. Like, that's what that showed us. On what basis? That he just went in there in one round and smashed him. Yeah, but you, you're assuming that what he smashed was any good. But at that level it is. So, okay, so no, now... I'd, I'd even dispute that. Like, we're talking about white-brown, and we don't know whether Dillian was good or Lucas was bad. I think you apply exactly the same logic to that fight. But to I don't know if Callum was good, or Bullioni just got exposed for what we always suspected he was. Okay, but Bullioni, throughout his career, the Tudinov loss, he took a pasting and he stayed in there and it hurt him. Kamitsky. Kamitsky, he got stopped. Um, Tudinov never stopped him. People forget that. But, but also people forget Tudinov hasn't really stopped that many people. Yeah. It's a myth. Like, the Tudinov power is actually a myth. But the narrative is always that uh, he got beaten so badly. But he got beaten so badly and stayed in there. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Right? And, and two-point penalty for punching after the bell. You know, great punch though. Nice guy, yeah. Nice guy, Frank. <laughs> Wise guy, not nice guy. Well, um, so look, Callum Johnson. 
pleased for him. Who has no record of note either. There's no victory of note on his record. But the difference is, you know, he won a Commonwealth gold as an amateur. He won a Commonwealth as a professional. Be- be- beating a guy who we never saw afterwards. Yeah. So look, his resume isn't great. I'm not saying it is. But I think you're going to try and argue every point I make irrespective. So just on the Frank points, because, you know. What about the Frank points? Yeah, he's, you know. He's been exposed. Like we're, we're, we're trying to, we're trying but to. I, but this is a difference, right? I've never sat here and said Frank should be fighting for a world title. Frank himself no, said, "No, no, no, you have. No, I haven't. No, 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 I haven't. You have. Go and find me the episode." I think Frank himself think when he was asked said about he's European. No, 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 no. And I can tell you, it was on this first. It was on this podcast, and I said to you, "Who the fuck is he going to fight?" And we went through all the champions. I said to you, "You could go three levels down." But I never Frank said he should be fighting for a world title. I know. I would love to know which one it was, but. Okay. Did also, Steve did then? I don't know. Steve, which one Steve think is a bit hard. Well, Steve Just going did, back to your Tudinov point. He, <laughs> Steve, he beat, Martin, I'm not separating <laughs> today. Tudinov beat up George Groves. Admittedly, George Groves like, stopped him. In I the sixth round. That, but he proper took lumps out of George Groves. Well, well, not enough that he couldn't get stopped. No, he didn't. But George Groves got a lot a more power. And take a volley. But, you know, I, I accept. Look, George Groves is a better boxer than Fabrizioni. But Tudinov beat George Groves up. So no, it's look, not like no, he's no, got no Go power. and look at Tudinov's record. Like, the way people talk about Tudinov, you'd think he iced everyone. Well, when he beat Sturm, he lost in the rematch to Sturm with comfort. Do you see what I mean? Tudinov's a solid Stam guy. Sturm got done for PEDs on the back of that. Just saying. It's all right. You know, <laughs> we're in a world where it's acceptable now, right? <laughs> you, can, you can headline a Sky show. <laughs> no, no, but, but, but here's my point. If we were talking about, like, look, I look at Cleverly at 175. I go, mate, he lost to Kovalev, right? I, yeah, shit. Okay. <laughs> you got stopped by Kovalev. We can all accept that. Frank hasn't got those sorts of losses on his record. Do you see my issue? Like, you've got a draw with Lee Markham. Like a draw with Lee Markham. <laughs> but where we're at. And you know what right? that means, right? Yeah, so 100%. It's when he reiterates a point, you know that he's like concrete, solid. He's happy with it. He's going to answer. This is my point. Here's Pause. my point again. Repeat. <laughs> Eat my shit again. <laughs> but look, I am happy for Callum Johnson at that. Now let's see Callum Johnson, Anthony Yard. Oh no, Anthony Yard pulled out of the Eliminator with Jose Burton. Shit, I forgot about that. Well, no, but Bur- uh, Burton's not going to fight Johnson, right? Um, no, no, wait, Burton's not going to fight Johnson. But right? he shouldn't have had to because well, Yard would have beaten him, according to yeah, Yard. But, Yardaholics. But, yeah, but let's let, let's let that fight happen because now that's a rational fight. One hundred percent. I would look. I want to see that fight. I want to. See, I wanted to see Frank Anthony Yard. So did I. No, but the board mandated no, 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 Callum no, no. Johnson, no, and we saw last night. Why? No. Nobody can question Callum Johnson being mandated on the back of last night. Well, well, Nobody no, no, can no, question wait, wait. that. No, no, I think we can, because we don't know what Yard would have done to Frank. He might have just, like, that may have been a straight one-punch icing. It could have been. like so. I and guess, it could have been the opposite. Yeah, we don't yeah, know. Exactly. We don't, so, this is the so, problem so, with Yard's yeah, career. No, no, we don't know no. at the moment. So we can't say they were right. You know, we, we've discussed this before. I don't know if you can discuss, you can say... They were right after the fact. You know what I mean? It was like... All that I can say is they weren't wrong. They, well, they were. <laughs> <laughs> they were because they've never done that before. No one's taken... Well, you, you had a, a year and a half out. Now, understandably, we now know the reason why. But he hadn't taken a year and a half out when they mandated no, him. But, but also, we understand the reason why. Now. Yeah, but I, I, think, say, I think that changes the calculus on reflection. And when they mandated him, it wasn't a year and a half no, out. But, but how do you even get to that position whereby... Number one, two, three are all under the same promotional banner. 
two out of those three are under the same manager. And I'm saying... But you've only what, got you've what, only got two promoters in the country what, that are bringing lads through to that level. No, but and for most of those, they're managed by a Sims or a Gallagher. No, but, but look, your I, options look, are limited. In fact, I still pose the question: Why, why is everyone ignoring Bob, Bob Adjusafe as well? Why is he getting ignored? You know, but that's the what's he issue. doing? I, I've he's, genuinely got no idea what he's, he's doing. He's still active. He fought last year. But which back? So come back to the point: it's, If you ask, it's just trying a Twitter poll. We all believe Yard should have already fought for the British title. That was always my issue. If you say who deserves to fight for the British title based on where they are now, it was Anthony Yard at that time. Because you would have said, well, Johnson's inactive. So can't really make a case for him right now. Yard's record is now equivalent to where Callum was when he stepped away. At no point would I've ever had an issue if they'd have said, Yard, you're the mandatory. No point. Like, you could make a case for him. Just you could for others. So I wouldn't have argued against it, should that ever be the case. Who petitioned for this? That, these are the questions I ask. Who petitioned? Because those with vested interests would have petitioned and yeah, said, yeah. They would. And they've done because, a good job, whoever it was. Because you got to bring it back into, how the fuck did Frank even get into a title shot in the first place? <laughs> so angry about but that. That's, that's what gets But that was me. a voluntary, wasn't it? Mm. I'm sure it was. The Hosea Burton fight was a voluntary. No, nah, because the Ricky Summers fight was in a voluntary and you wouldn't have two voluntaries in a row. I think they called it. I think they called Bullioni versus Jose Burton. And then Frank had the voluntary. I'm not convinced. I, I couldn't say yeah. 100%. I'm not, yeah, I'm not 100% either I'm, I'm, I'm confident on that one. <laughs> and that's my issue. So everything after that is just wrong to me because he hadn't done anything. If, if, even if he had fought someone like, uh, uh, who's the guy that they didn't last around? Joel McIntyre. Even if you'd fought a Joel McIntyre and gone, right, I'm fighting for the British, that'd be all right. You fought someone British at a certain level. But on that argument, Anthony Yard hasn't fought anyone British at a certain level. Well, he wanted to. It doesn't matter if you want to or not. Do yeah. you, I, I well, want to fight well, Deontay no, Wilder, no. therefore do I get Joshua? Your Honour, I plead the Kurt Garvey argument where the guy that's holding all the 175s is like, they're just going to fight each other on my shows and I'm going to exclude everybody else. Said, said 44 minutes into that podcast. I remember. Yeah, but again, that's like... So, well, there, there. These are the dirty tricks. You see, these are the dirty tricks see, I, that I've been saying are fucking boxing up. How are you going to be there like, yeah, I'm just going to keep it in my own stable. Fuck Kurt Garvey. Fuck anyone outside of my little circle. And you can say, yeah, they should get better promoted, better managers. That, but yes. But when your loyalty is to the sport of boxing, I'm like, no, 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 no. Have some fucking integrity and go, do you know what? The fans want to see... Sorry, integrity. Him. We're talking about boxing. But, integrity went out the window 50 years be, ago. Why? Because of that. Because people allowed it to. I'm saying, look, let everyone fight everyone. Let, let the fights that need to happen, happen. Yeah? And, I, and I've said it before, this whole Frank-Eddie thing, I, all of that stuff's bollocks. Yard should have fought Frank at one point. And I think Frank will now look back and go, I could have just taken the Yard fight because maybe I could have starched him. Yeah, maybe I could have starched him and that sort of hard fight, high pressure fight would have prepared me better than for Callum Johnson. Uh, because even if you just look at that from a tactical perspective, there was no feeling out. Like, it's almost like he said, this guy's been out for two, nearly two years. I'm just going to fill him in. I think what probably happened, I mean, he said himself, he landed well and then he got too confident and he got caught by a puncher and he ended up, you know, he didn't recover from that. Um, I think he had too much confidence in his chin. I think that's genuinely what it is, is that he had too much confidence in his chin and doubted that Johnson could test that. Um, what happens when you have soft fights? 
your virtually your whole career. Takeaway Tudinov hasn't really fought a devastating puncher. Kamitsky's a puncher, to be fair. But Kamitsky is more a, a clever guy. He gets you a timing as opposed to brute force. Tudinov, brute force. You know, and that's what you've got amongst all the world champions now is that brute force. And then Callum Johnson just hit him with that brute force. I'm happy. I'm happy this shitstorm's fucking over, finally. You know? You know, good, because now Anthony Yard can go and take those eliminators that he's been ordered to nah, take. No, no eliminators now. Definitely well, take them. Well, well, no, on what basis is there's no grounds for an eliminator because an eliminator should be a guy who's actually had a win, right? And a win at the weight. So Frank's beaten. Jose Burton still hasn't fought a 175 post that loss to Frank. Move them back down. Keep Yard up there and go, right, here's the next person. I would love to see that. Yeah. I, I'm in agreement. Like, that is the fight I want to see. Yeah, and then then you actually go, well, if Frank drops off, Jose drops off, there's no one for Callum to really be mandated to fight sit for Anthony Yard. Let those two crack on and do it. What will be interesting to see is, is if, whether they take it. Is if Frank Warren comes out this week saying, I want Callum Johnson, or if he comes out saying, now let's make the Frank Buglioni fight. We'll see. Yeah. I don't yeah. know which and, way it'll and, go. And, and, and if Frank doesn't go after those belts, I'll be here next week going, Frank Warren's a fucking idiot. Sue me. I'll say it. And that, so my, my issue is, I just care about the fights happening that should happen, right? And don't hide behind paperwork. Don't hide behind the board saying this because we all know the board get influenced, right? But the fact is the board may now mandate upon Johnson a defence. Yeah, but, but let's, let's agree and on this. That may, board, not be, yeah. that may not be Yard. Yeah. It, but, may, it may be, it may not. Yeah, and the issue is the board get influenced, right? This idea that the board sit in a room on their oh, own absolutely. without any phone calls or letters or emails is bullshit. I don't think anyone thinks they do. Yeah. They get lobbied. Yeah. And if you remember, I said this before, Hearn will keep those belts, right? Johnson will split them at some point. He'll have a defense now. Johnson said they might even drop them immediately. Yeah. And then Hearn's there going, well, I've got Jake Ball on that side. I've got Josh Boatsy on that side. I've got Craig Richards sweeping. There you go. I've secured. That's another thing that I don't like, is the fact that now we're back to, we're just going to keep these belts in-house. So there's a load of stuff that, I'm not happy about. But that's on the board. But, if he if he does have a mandated fight next, I am 100% in agreement. It should be Anthony Yard. Yeah. He shouldn't have to fight an eliminator. It should just be Yard. And then if one or the other pulls out of that, then it says an awful lot. Yeah. Um, but again, it'll be interesting to see this week if Frank Warren comes out talking about wanting Bullioni or wanting uh, Johnson. That'll tell us a lot. I'm with you on that. Uh, well, I'm not with you on you know the other stuff. I'm just happy that he lost. And I'll sleep so well tonight. He's going, he's just jumping around in the air. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's like, you know, you play a video game, right? And you get shot like whatever, Metal Gear Solid or whatever, or Call of Duty. You know, when you just get shot immediately. And you're like, can we start again? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can we start again, please? And that's what Frank was like, for fuck's sake, can we start again? I was just... Although I would just pick up on one thing you said, like about integrity and... Being, in my mind, being a paragon of integrity in the world of boxing is like bringing a spoon to a gunfight. It's just absolutely... What's the but, point? But, but this you is, just end up getting you get, fucked over. No, but, but, but then that's why guys who get knocked out in sparring end up fighting. And, and these things are never monitored. And I'd, I'd be interested to know how many of the brain injuries happened as a result of things that happened prior to the fight. And, and this, Very true. this is what I mean about integrity. 
if we don't fix these things ourselves, one of two things will happen. They'll just ban boxing or the government will come and investigate and just start I mean, in all, In all areas, in terms of like backdoor deals for belts all the way through to yeah. health and safety concerns. I, like I'd, I'd people, love all of that. I'd love all of that. It's like it's 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 mob rule. It's yeah. what it seems to be I, like run by and run by gangsters. I, I'm being like, honest. <laughs> I would love a government investigation. Not but... Oh, I w- I'd love it if one... In some places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh... No, if, if one day every promoter's office and IT and shit was just seized on one day, I'd be a happy man. Let's just get to the truth. What's really happening? But what are you going to find? I mean, you're going to find that people have probably... Let's not name any names or go through any scenarios. You're probably going to find that certain promoters have paid certain governing bodies at the world level. And you're probably going to find certain promoters have paid hefty board fees, perhaps, to the board that have then been, you know, favourably looked upon. There's no... way. You remember, uh, the, you, well, remember, you remember the FIFA problem? Yeah, where they were just like basically buying the blokes who made who made the decisions, and they were buying them housing. You know, the vice president that uh, the Caribbean dude, and then there was then there was obviously Seth Blatter, and they're just absolutely filthy, stinking rich in money that they haven't earned and just yeah. been bribed through position. And you there's know, the, you there's know, no way that doesn't happen now. And or, you know, the genius to a lesser of that extent, was the Americans said, "We're going to investigate you." On what basis? On the basis that some of your money passes through America, yeah. therefore you are under the jurisdiction of. A, I love that. That was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, so on yeah, that yeah. basis, you could investigate Hernan Warren, just based or on anyone else. You know, we're not yeah. we're not yeah. saying specifically that they should be. I am. <laughs> I am. I, I think Hernan Warren should be investigated. I sense that as they administer the estate of the, the well, just as the Ives family, you know, go through the financials. That will get quite interesting. I don't know in what way, so I don't want to get sued for saying anything. But I think they'll find a lot of money they thought was due might be somewhere else. And that's oh. where you're probably best off putting a cork in your because you're like I think probably about three minutes ago is where we were best off. <laughs> yeah, I'll it's ne- like a champagne magnum that's just you know been what? let go. I'm not going to lie to you guys, man. I've I've watched that Johnson Bullioni fight about twenty times and. How many times have you ejaculated watching? 42. (laughs) 11 of which I wanted to do. Let's move on to Joshua. (laughs) (laughs) Joshua. Let's chat Chisora quickly before we move on. All right, yeah, go on. All right, Chisora, yeah. Uh, Yeah, We're all back on the same page, guys. It's all over now. Not the most relevant fight in the world. Took some French out of shape, um, dude. What a right hand. What a right hand, but I think, um, who was it? I, I can't remember which pundit it was was saying about he threw it. Um, the same right hand you'd throw on a heavy bag, which was basically what he was fighting anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But Um, but, but if you notice, he doesn't often throw that punch. If I said to you, when's the last time you saw Derek throw an arrow straight right hand? You'd be like, "Uh, ages ago. But, you know, that Cabiel fight, for instance, Cabiel was such a good mover, not necessarily a great boxer, but he was such a good mover that that right hand probably, you know, he'd have struggled to find a home for it consistently. But what was interesting was then when they get him on the the ring apron outside and they get Joe Joyce there and they get David Hay there. Um, and there's some well-documented stuff about the offers made to Joe uh, to Derek Chisora to fight Joe Joyce, etc. And Joe Joyce is stood there. Uh, I'm trying to think, if you asked a cat what 45 times 80 was, you'd get the same look. Um, <laughs> and so he stood there. <laughs> And Derek Chisora and David Hay are having a bit of back and forth. And Chisora just says, look, <laughs> if Joe Joyce beats me, you give me a pound. 
if Joe Joyce beats me. If I beat Joe Joyce, David, you give me your purse for the Tony Bellew fight. Plus the pay-per-view. Yeah, plus the pay-per-view. So if you're confident that Joe Joyce beats me, that's fine. Give me a pound if he beats me. If it goes the other way, I want all your money out of your next fight. <laughs> David H went, no. <laughs> she went, straight, no. <laughs> well, what was the best one? It was like, listen, man, <laughs> get rid of the cane rows. You're over 35 years old. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was brilliant from Chisora because he just called him out there and then and said, look, if you're that confident he beats me, which you say you are, you will give me your money. Nah, but but no, come on, man. But I think sensible heads have to prevail. There has to be a number that Derek's looking for. And he just, he just be open go, look, this is how much money we want. And I have an idea of what that figure is. Yeah, I think we can, you know, we can guess. But but Chisora also has to understand. <laughs> no, but I think for me, Derek has to understand. If he's not going to fight Joyce, where is he going to go? Because really, if I'm being honest, he's saving himself for the Dillian White rematch. That's what... I can imagine another couple of wins and you'll start to hear that conversation. Will, he, will it ever... I'm not saying there's a market for it. I'm just asking if it will happen. A Fury rematch. No, not no. for Tyson. No, 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 no one needs to see three of those. No, I know, I know we don't no. want to, but I, I also heard... Who, was, who did he fight in Hamburg? Uh, Chisora. Um, Klitschko Pulev. Pulev. I think it was the Pulev fight. And in the changing rooms beforehand... Fury was saying to yeah. him, oh, I'll give you a rematch. Yeah. Oh, but how much stuff has Fury said that we can now discard but, over right, the last I, two no, no. years? I just, I just wonder, because it would be, it would be, it would be two names. He could he, but, but right. I think there's, there's, that, there's that respect between those two guys, whereby if Del Boy said, do you know what? I'm up against it, mate. Like, got bills to pay. Fury might give him the comeback fight. Yeah. I, I, I could see that happening as a kind of like, just honour between men who've shared a ring. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've been there before. I understand it. But in terms of, like, part of a logical plan, no. It would just be one of those things you do on a whim. So it doesn't give anything to Fury? No. So Chisora's almost in this floating place at the moment, where he's above British level, arguably. So the likes of Sam Sexton, Gary Cornish. Huey Fury's dropped down into that British level um, from fighting for a world title. And I expect he'll comfortably beat Sam Sexton. Whether we see a different side of Huey Fury is probably the question. Will we see him actually look for him? You know, go hunting. Yeah. Um, but she's always in this floating place whereby he didn't quite win the European title. I think you'd all agree he's better than the current British scene. But there's these upcoming British fighters. <laughs> You've got your Gorman, your Joyce, your Dubois. I don't know what Derek does, really. Like... He's a name for sale now. Yeah, but who's got the money to pay for him? That's the problem. Like He's got a, an understandable price tag. You know, he's earned decent money in the past. He's earned lesser money in the past for, say, the Caballel fight, which was seen as the opportunity to launch pad himself back into the world title scene. He lost that. And so now he's still going to want that decent money, but it's kind of difficult to make the argument for why he should have that decent money. Yeah. So they're talking about a Carlos Takam fight for him, possibly. Um, which ah, that's interesting enough Takam didn't disgrace himself against Joshua no, by any that's means do you know what that is that's like watching two two uncles just going at it like you're just watching you're like yeah I'm not 
You're like, you know what? Go and slug it out. It, it, and it might be entertaining because they just go, do you know what? We ain't got nothing to lose here. Let's just give the fans something. And but they just swing. I think what we probably all want is for a young up-and-coming fighter to fight Derek Chisora as a test. I but, think we can all... We'd all be okay with that. It, but here's it, the problem. What a Huey Fury Ch- Chisora. Yeah, it'd be a good fight. I'm but, all right with that. But remember, the problem is, right? For every fighter, you have an investment budget. Exactly. So, so exactly. AJ has an investment budget. There's this much money we're going to pay for AJ to fight people. Because he generates X amount of pounds. Joe Joyce, I don't think, sells a ticket in Southwest London. He sells very few. So to pay Derek Chisora somewhere between 200 and 300 grand for a fight. You'd need a big TV backing. And, or, or you'd have to be willing to, to take that as a sunk cost take the hit yourself and go... There is not the money knocking about in Haymaker Promotions to sink two, three hundred thousand pounds. And that's Th- the problem. Like, so, so th- There they, they can't be. Yeah. So there, there isn't the investment budget for this fight to happen. That's why Hay's trying to sort of blend it into his pay-per-view so budget. Because he, if he doesn't... Because remember, in that pay-per-view budget, it's kind of shared out a bit. So, so this is the, the thing. So Hay and uh, Bellew own the show for their pay-per-view. So that's the way that Hearn models it, is that they own the show. So they get given the budgets to hand out for the lower cards. So for instance, Derek Chisora, they were looking at a better fight for him at the weekend, but Dillian White didn't want to budge on how much money was given for an opponent, which is fair enough. You can kind of understand that. Um, But this is where there's a slight paradox because David Hay owns part of the revenue, you know, shares it with Bellew for this upcoming fight. So as his promoter of Joe Joyce, he has the power to relinquish some of that budget and whether that means he takes less himself, whether that means it gets taken off some... But he has the power to change that budget. By redistribution or sacrifice yes, or whatever. By, by one means or another. Budgeting. He, he could do that. He could release that additional, whatever it is, 100, 200, 300,000 pounds. There were ways he could do it. And whether that is, as you say, cutting it off his own salary for the night. So it's it's down to David Hay. Somebody put the pressure on David Hay. If you want that Chisora fight so much for your boy, somebody put the pressure on David Hay to say, you take the hit. Rather than having to sink it, as you say, into Haymaker, is actually sink it from his personal account. His personal pay. And, and that's the problem. It's not an investment you'd make. Exactly. And so you make all the noise about Joe Joyce, but you're not willing to personally sacrifice <laughs> to you, take it. And you wouldn't, though. Like a three fight, you know, because you pay, let's say you pay the money for Chisora. You're fucked now for the rest of the year. Who are you going to get to fight Joe Joyce? Because now that you fought Chisora, you're looking for a progression fight. Yeah, you they got no they, ranking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they know what you. They know what you paid for Del Boy. Now they're like, no, 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 no. You yeah, know, you got to pay me a a, a, a factor of. I that. think they're. Sc- I genuinely think they're screwed with Joe Joyce because there isn't the money to invest to get in the good opponents, and he hasn't got anything near a ranking that's worthwhile anyone fighting him for. I, I genuinely don't think they've got anything to do with him. Nope. I think he's going to stall just unless they start putting him as an away fighter somewhere. But again, well, no one, no there's no value. It. There's yeah. no value in paying for Joe Joyce to come over. Well, the, well, not for the risk, no. No. And and so you end up in a position where you're looking for free agents. So you're looking for guys who are looking to rebuild. You're like, going to end up... You'd almost give him Shannon Briggs. As soon as David Price wakes up from next Saturday, <laughs> he could well be someone that they'd look to pay. Yeah, because he's, he, he's a free agent, isn't he? He's MTK, but promotionally, I think, a free agent. Yeah. And that's what you're looking for. 
with your Joe Joyce. You're, you're looking for guys who are unattached who also need a payday. Yeah, but not a significant one. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's move on to, to Joshua then. Um, wait, no, wait, wait. No, two things I think we need to say. Number one, congrats to Eddie Hearn for putting on a good card. Like We give him shit when they're toilet. That was a stellar card. By I mean, he he, he pulled that one out of his back. 100%. And if people want to go, oh, yeah, but they all ended early or blah, blah, blah. I tweeted this on Saturday. Do not give Hearn any shit because we can all agree Saturday afternoon. That's a good card. Now, I'm not necessarily overly praising him. I am doing the same well done. I'm not saying like, you're the man. This is brilliant. Woo. Because <laughs> let's face it, the expectation should be that we get a good card. Yeah. I'm just saying well done on meeting that yeah. limited expectation. Yeah. You've watered the expectation down in the yeah. past. <laughs> but you don't you've often actually, do it, but this time you have. Yeah, you got it. And, and not only that, but like, I think I said this to you guys. What I like is Hearn's taken the entire value chain of a boxing event and has turned everything into an individual event that builds up to the fight. So you will get the the public workouts, you get the presses, you get the weigh-in, and you get the fight. And you'd happily go to all of those because it's a good experience, it's a good environment, it's safe, it's well-organized. Can I, can I briefly interlude on that? Apologies. Um, but again, another thing to praise Hearn on, fair play, I don't know if you've seen, for the weigh-in for the Joshua Parker fight, they're going to charge people a pound to enter, and then that money's all going to be donated to Scott Westgarth's family. Nice. Which I think that's a class touch. Yeah, a pound is such a reasonable figure. You know, you're going to fill the place anyway. I don't know. Say you get twenty grand out of it, they'll donate all of that straight to Scott Westgar's family. Brilliant. And if you're in the area, go and support that. Yeah. Because sell that place out, earn them twenty grand. Yeah. And I, I don't think people realise just you know he had a family he was supporting, and that money might help him you know meet mortgage payments and so. And forth. you know what? Put a fiver in. Yeah. Like <laughs> a pound's like such an awkward thing to get hold of. Shove a fiver in the pot. <laughs> Yeah, no, so, so Hearn did good. Like, the weigh-in was pretty good. You know, we bumped into the usual faces. Uh, you know, got to speak to Johnny Nelson briefly. You know, How's his mortgage? Doesn't have one. Oh, yeah, I forgot, yeah. What about uh, any ISIS or anything going? No, no, did you no. discuss financial? It's all in Bitcoin. <laughs> no, 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 no. Actually, no, Does no. he mine it? No, no. So, so, so I, was, I was having a debate with the good Dr. Winnie King about boxers who have one heavy no one world titles without turning amateur shout out to without, King. without turning yeah without boxing in the amateurs or having a good amateur record she's like ah what about johnny nelson and so johnny's right there right <laughs> you know those those serendipitous moments where i'm i'm talking and i'm like well fuck there's johnny there so i'm like johnny johnny comes over he's like oh all right terry um about the old mortgage like, what, not right now johnny <laughs> i remember <laughs> I'm thinking of remortgaging, Terry, because as you know, I paid mine off 10 years ago. As obviously, I let you know, didn't I? Do you remember? Yeah, 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 Johnny, Johnny. I've, I've already sent the podcast. Remember when I you the paperwork? I'm just... <laughs> remember when I sent you we're, that picture of me with the payment certificate? We're, yeah? we're all laughing here like Bullioni didn't lose. Come on. <laughs> no. Johnny, Johnny, I ain't got time for that now. I, I, I'm just about to speak to Winnie. I'm a... I, I love his answer, though. He was just like, what, from debut to winning a world title? 13 years. And that's when you realise, fuck, it's a hard fucking yeah. sport. And you see these lads that are like, like Josh Taylor, 15 fights in, everyone's calling for him to get a world title shot. Like, I'm not saying they're wrong for doing so. We probably do so ourselves. Well, we have said it yeah. ourselves. I'm bored of seeing him now fight the peripherals. I want to see him fight the champions. But it's a different era. <laughs> different yeah. pressures. Yeah, those, those days, those, all those guys were tough and gnarly and seasoned. And they knew all those old man tricks. Like I think nowadays, boxing... 
it's almost like an extension of the amateurs. I hit you, you hit me. I hit you, you hit me. It's not the clever, you know, tweaking the elbow, you're tweaking the shoulder. So by round 10, you can't even hold your arm up. I remember Foreman used to say that. He's like, I just hit you in the arms. And I knew after four rounds, you couldn't hold your arms up. Then I just take you out. Oh God, I love those little, I love those behind the scenes peeks into the mentality of, of people like that. I like yeah. just, you know, footballers who, who as they're standing in the, in the box as they're waiting for corners to come in or any time as a defender, you're near a striker and you're raking your studs down the back of his ankles like around his Achilles just to get on his nerves. <laughs> and then one day, he t- or one hour, he t- and a slaps you and then he gets a red card or whatever. Just trying all the little things just to try and get those... I remember I played football once against Darren Goff, the uh, cricketer. Decent footballer, quality left oh, yeah. foot on him. But for somebody who'd only recently retired from cricket, he was fucking unfit. Well, no wonder you stand around a field for five days. <laughs> Fucking pointless sport. Anyway, played against Darren Goff. It was after his Strictly days as well. Oh. Uh, and like every corner, I was marking him. I was Started just, dancing, doing the tango. I, I just I stood behind him, just like pinching his ass, like, ah. groping it. And I was going, my mum would love to do this to ah. you, Darren. My mum loved you in that spandex, Darren. Oh, she would she would love to have my hand on, on your ass, Darren. <laughs> and he had getting, such a boner, he couldn't jump for the ball. <laughs> He was getting so fucked up. It's brilliant. Anyway, he just sorry. scored with his boner. Just a straight <laughs> boner. Wow, thanks, Martin. You really gave me a new lease of life. Um, yeah, I love those. I love those like a lot percentage marginal gains that you hear about. Of I, I was particularly fascinated when the whole Klitschko Fury thing was, and you know the whole can like on the canvas. Well, did that, you ever hear? I'll quickly go into this one. But did you ever hear about uh, Fury? Apologies to those who have heard it before, because it's quite well documented. But Andy may not have, and some people may not have. Uh, but he said about when he was called out to one of Klitschko's um, training camps and years it, and years and it, back. And they didn't let him spar. Well, they didn't let him spar Klitschko. That was one thing. The only fighter that never sparred him. Got but paid, though. Fury um, said about this when he was a young up-and-coming pro. It wasn't when there was a fight lined up for the two. So he's out there in training camp with Klitschko. And they go into the sauna and he's heard these stories about Klitschko is like the king of the sauna. Like you get in there, you get naked, they'll turn the heat up, they'll put whatever it is onto those hot coals to really steam the room and Klitschko will sit there until everyone has left. Everyone walks out. And so Fury was like, nah, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm going to beat him in the sauna. <laughs> and so he tells this story of how like he sat there and he's like, I'm close to fainting. I need water, but I can't be seen to be weak. And so there's just me and Vladimir sat other side of this sauna, naked, staring one another <laughs> Until eventually Klitschko walks out. Fury's like, oh, oh, gives it like 20 seconds and walks out himself. But he was like, at that point, I knew I was like, mentally, I could take him. I knew mentally that I could beat Vladimir Klitschko because I'd done him in the sauna. <laughs> He's a brilliant. <laughs> I'd done him in the sauce. Well, yeah, maybe yeah. not like that. My mind went there as well, <laughs> and that's why. Then out IFL so turned up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but that was a mad camp because apparently they <laughs> they filmed Fury doing everything. So 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 apparently that's what they do. Like you you go into camp with Vladimir, and they just film everything you do because Vlad's like I'm gonna have to fight one of these guys at some point, right? Yeah. So they film everything you do, so they know your habits, they know what your character is. Mental. So you used to basically just farm all these prospects and bring them through yeah. and take an eye on them himself. Yeah. And and 
Everyone, Dave Allen went out there for a while. Like everyone that's got a potential, they take out there. Hmm. And here's a weird thing: like, it's a reminder that we you know when people say AJ makes all this money. Yeah, those edifices. I remember Vladimir saying this in an interview: if you knew how expensive it was to keep all of those belts, you wouldn't do it. You know, having to manage all your mandatories, pay one off, do this, do that, do this, do that, and you're paying like half a million a time. And then you're trying to make money off the top of that. So, is it, so you mean, Joshua's spending a lot of money. Man. Remember, he's paying some of these flunkies around him like 30, 40 grand a year. Uh, you I saw that what? photo the other day where he sat topless <laughs> having dinner <laughs> around a table oh, while there's all these AJ psychophants sat oh. around with Anthony Joshua tops and caps. And he's just sat oh, there eating painful. pizza with it no tops. It was honestly the most bizarre photo I've ever seen. He's, I'm not even sure he had trousers on. I've got no axe to grind with him, but he's just... he He's professing to be far... I, why does he try to be this angelic, the, godlike the figure? Messiah-like figure. It was why? good to see his mum's council flat even, had been redecorated as well in that oh, photo. He just doesn't um, even need to... Maybe, like, they just find it, maybe they just use random flats. He's putting himself on a pedestal that he could never possibly... Chew, Attain. Like, yeah, and, and yet... And then he does... Then, by his own... Uh, by his own hand, he ends up undermining the all of those, is, you know, character traits that apparently he has and come natural to the, him. The problem is these are all going to become memes at some point. Oh, when he loses, these are all going to become memes and Twitter's just going to inundate Anthony Joshua with, this is what we really think. And I don't think he'll be the same person after that. Anyway, he's fighting next week. We'll talk about it. Do we? Do we have to? <laughs> really? Prediction. I think he just runs over Parker. Um, what when you round? Seven. I've gone for eight slash nine. So I, I, if I had to choose, I'd be eight. Because the thing is, I was asked this question on Twitter. How do you beat AJ? And I said, first, walk, first of all, walking forward. First of all, don't go backwards, right? Because when you go backwards, you give him exactly what he wants. You've just, you've got to be able to just, just dip Bob and come forward with shots. And it's not a glamorous style you'd have. Like someone like a Joe Frazier would deal with him in a round. I think he's a bit too old, Downey. He? But he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't help. Yeah, better than some of Joshua's opponents in the past. Oh, 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 all right. No, no. <laughs> but if you want to go back in time, and I always say this guy, someone like a David Tua would wipe Joshua out because. Joshua doesn't cope well with movement. He doesn't cope well with movers, and he definitely doesn't cope well with aggression. Let's be honest. The toughest fight he's really had was Dillian. And it was that point where Dillian was like, I'm sticking this to I think you. the Klitschko fight was tougher than that. Oh, shit, I forgot. I forgot that happened. Yeah, I mean, I think getting off the canvas when he looked knocked out probably trumps wobbly legs off a left hook. Okay. <laughs> True. I, I, I forgot that fight. <laughs> how, how bad am I? <laughs> Sorry, right. AJ. So, yeah, so walking forwards... You've got to... I'm not... I'm walking backwards. Well, Both of them aren't going to work, are Well, they? no, no. Walking forwards will because mm-hmm. you deny him space and you force him to go backwards. And it's a question of... Can you box going backwards? Because if you can't, you're going to struggle. That'd be like the shark being held in water, wouldn't it? And just dying. Because you can't <laughs> breathe going backwards. Yeah, because you need, it needs to go forward, doesn't it? For the gills to yes. take. Yeah, I remember that. What's a potential difference or some shit like that? It's got to go past the membrane. Yeah. There you go, little fact, people. Yeah. <laughs> um, Martin regularly just goes on holiday and holds sharks stationary. Yeah. <laughs> I just I like hold the... T- that's got to yeah. be a great white as well. Yeah, I don't like yeah. All- yeah, Jaws was a shit film. 
Right, just held here. it by the tail. That's it, game over. Stay here, I want to get Gallagher, see if he likes sharks. <laughs> um, but, see, how would you describe Parker's style? Agricultural. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly the word that comes to mind from what Martin said before about... Is that going to be the sort of boxer? I appreciate you've already suggested that he's going to he's going to blow him out in round seven. What? Because Parker will continually walk forward. Well, right? he didn't against Huey Fury. It took him a while to get that confidence to do that. Yeah. Even when Huey was just going yeah. backwards. So I don't think AJ, AJ's he, not. He guy. didn't really pose any risk when he wasn't walking forwards. That's against Huey Fury. And that's what I mean. That's why AJ's just as soon as AJ lets those combinations go. Whatever resistance Parker thinks he has, and you're not going to get it fighting Andy Ruiz and Carlos Tecam, I promise you. You're, you are going to get put to sleep. Right. What about Parker's chin? Yeah. Are you confident in that? Well, who's tested it? That's the question, Mark, is how robust is he? Like, if he happens to be incredibly robust, we've seen that against Takam, Joshua started to like fade a little bit in the mid to late rounds and then get a second wind once again. We saw it against Funny, Klitschko. Though, isn't it? A big guy getting a second wind. Yeah, what the hell? Um, but, you know, if... <laughs> <laughs> but if uh, if Parker's there long enough, look, there's the question mark. But, you know, if you had a million pounds, where are you going to put it? You're not going to put it on Joseph Parker. No, I'd like to see, just, just attack the body. Just... And and this is a time where you need... And, and he's got Kevin Barry in this corner. And Kevin Barry's an experienced trainer. He was the man, I think, that got the win against Evander Holyfield when Holyfield was disqualified in the 84 Olympics. That's Kevin Barry's claim to fame. But it's the body attack. No one... Who's really gone to Joshua's body and really touched up those ribs? You know, let, let's see, you know, if all those sit-ups re- and all that core work is really value-adding. Really just rip to the body. Stay low, rip to the body come up with some uppercuts this is just do something but i have this feeling that parker's just here for the money and higgins will have a i mean he'll have his couple of lines afterwards he well it all feels a bit i always thought it was telling at the end of the fury fight when they started reading out the scores they they i can't i I can't remember what the bloody score was was it a split decision or was it yeah i can't remember split decision unanimous but as they read our scores out are you on about the fury parker fight sorry fury and fury parker parker rolled his eyes suggesting that the scores he was hearing were for huey fury as though he'd lost the fight and i think he didn't even believe that he'd won that no i think that was probably an element of i'm on foreign soil the opposite against me from any judges yeah maybe that's the case but i still i just felt that Surely a sportsman position should have just concrete self belief. Even in the you wouldn't. I, but he I might suggest, have belief in himself, but maybe not those that. Are maybe, left but with I would the, suggest that if uh, when um, Tyson Fury was in Germany, I still think at that final bell, if you'd have said to him, "Do you think he's won?" He'd be like, "I've definitely yeah, won." I'm oh, sure if you asked him in the final, but if you asked Parker at the final bell, he'd have said, "Yes, I've won." If you asked Fury when the scores are being read out, do you think you've won? And if it's in the same scenario, right. the cards are you know up and down. So you yeah, don't think it's an element of mental weakness? You don't think it's an no, indicator for mental no, weakness? No, I think it's just a fear of judges not doing their job correctly. And some will say that they didn't do it correctly in giving Parker the fight. Okay, that's cool. Well, Hennessy definitely thought that. Well, Hennessy also said that he had shades of Muhammad Ali, so he's a fat fucking idiot. <laughs> he is. Okay, we can slander some promoters, just not others. That's not slander. <laughs> it's not slander. <laughs> he's like, listen, just like that. Yeah, for that one. <laughs> <laughs> in the fridge. 
Um, right. Uh, Martin, what's your, what's your uh, prediction? Uh, Joshua 10. Okay. I'm trying to think. Who, who else is on that card? Of Josh interest? Kelly against yeah. Molina. Oh, shit. That is a tough fight. Yeah, it is. Although Molina's stepping up. He's always been a light welter. It's another case of these good matchmaking where you can get a former world champ get a name on the way down, coming up in weight, everything stacked against him from that perspective. But if you compared the CVs and 100%, you'd pick Molina to win it. It'll be a good fight, hopefully. Yeah. Um, Povetkin Price, disgrace. Oh, Cordina's on against Andy Townend. That's all right, that. I like that. Townend can crack. So I approve of that, that. That might be of interest. Yeah. Um, otherwise, nothing... Nothing I can uh, think Bwatsi's of. Bwatsi's on there, isn't he? Probably. I know he's in camp. He's in camp up there with him and Lawrence is up there. I always worry when I see AJ sparring guys where I'm like, I don't know if that's the standard of guy that's going to help you prepare. So I'm assuming there's some secret sparring that happens that we don't get told about. Because, look, the Joshua guys, man, they're good at manipulating the perception. You know, oh really? We know Joshua is... Hashtag eats, humble. We, no, no, but we know, we know Joshua is... Hashtag eats, Land Rover. No, he does it. Josh, range, isn't it? Joshua eats some mad food. Like, because when I was in Sheffield, was pizza with no clothes on. I've seen it. <laughs> no, no, but, but I love the fact that everyone in that room was also wearing a hat, like dressed up to the nines, no, like an Anthony Joshua hat. Yeah, I realised that. Anthony Joshua hoodie. Like, there was like, ha- is Actually, he the? On a side note, is my, how is, is he that hoodie here? Because. I think I left uh, it. Yeah, I have got it. Yeah, so yeah, I, I have gave got you it. a hoodie. And you fucking left it here. No, it's upstairs. Oh, but, uh, did fucking... Michaela wear it? No. no. Don't want it then. No. <laughs> <laughs> Ash, Ash lovingly washed it for you, though. Oh, I appreciate that, Ash. Thank you. <laughs> for, for, every, for everyone listening, Ash is just, you know, Ash is our, Ash is our quality assessor. He makes sure that we're delivering. Yeah, no. For the streets. And that any hoodies Producer, left behind are what? Director. So if, if there are any legal cases... Fin- financial Ash. backer. <laughs> yeah, if there's any legal case. Yeah, sue Ash because for some whatever convoluted legal reason, he is responsible for everything we say. And if you want, if you want to know what Ash looks like, just Google Damien Sandow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Are we done? We lost where we are, actually. Oh, so come should on, we man. Be the wheels the are falling We're off. done. Any other business? No. You can't do another rant, Terry. Please. I can. <laughs> What's he got? Uh, I thought this will be a quick one. If you ever think Hannah Rankin should fight Clarissa Shields, go and hang yourself now, right? Jesus. Hannah Rankin. No, 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 no. No, no, no. no, What? Hold on. That's not a defensible position. It is. You've got an opinion of X. Go and hang yourself. No, no, no. No, no, it is. String yourself up. No, no, no. If you don't agree with Brexit. No, no. Accuse someone of. <laughs> if they disagreed with killing pedos, they're probably a pedo. <laughs> that is peak Bellew. Peak <laughs> Bellew. No, uh, uh, look. Hannah Rankin, we discussed on the last podcast. Lovely young lady. She's building... Doing things the right, right way. Exactly. Now, now. She, she gave an interview to Fight Talk. And to, to be fair, you know, I, I also have an issue with those sorts of interviews happening because it's too soon. It's my view. But she said something. You know I mean, she, she's taking shots at Clarissa what? Shields. Sorry? You know, you know. Sometimes you've got to wait for someone to to be somewhere and then have the interview. Then, like, so if, it's if too early too for self promotion. Yeah, because what are you really promoting? Aren't yourself. you promoting yourself? I'm all right because no, you're I'm under the right. radar. No, 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 no. But in terms of a remember, essentially, the sport is about selling a product. When you strip it down, there, there's still no product yet. No, I get that, but like Hannah's probably got some sponsors. You can give them a quick shout out. How many? I don't know. Say 200, 300, 400 people watch the video. 
that sponsor's name gets put out encourages more people. I'm just playing the devil's advocate in the sense that if you're not heard of, then doesn't it make sense that that's the best time to promote yourself? Maybe it's me being old school, but I always think there comes a point. I know, I know where, what you mean. Your hair is going slightly grey, and that top does resemble a tracksuit in some. <laughs> <laughs> No, it doesn't. No, 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 not this week. Man. All I'd say is I don't believe in it. No, Why? no listen. <laughs> when for, Steve punts. No, no, for the next pod, mate, Mr. Miguel's is coming up, and I've been working on him. Really? He, he's going to get loose. <laughs> what a bomber card, Isaac. What a one. It's coming out. Which mate. part of Miguel's is coming out? The, uh, <sighs> the lighter or the darker side? The Spencer side. Ooh. Ooh. No, but, but the, so the issue I have with it is they do an interview, and Hannah says, I don't think Clarissa Shields has that kind of power, yada, yada, yada. Which I, I'm like, number one, look, yeah, you're on the way up. Have an opinion, but come on, man. Like, <laughs> Clarissa Shields is laying waste to people. Another issue. But then people start saying, I think that would be a good fight. And then, you know, in your head, you're thinking, Clarissa Shields wins an Olympic gold at 17. And then we think maybe she won it because it was a new sport. There weren't that many good athletes. So four years later, she does it again with even more ease. So easy that she brought her original medal with her because she knew she was going to celebrate. So Katie Taylor couldn't do that. When it moved up a level, Katie Taylor got found out. Others got found out. It was only Nicola Adams and Clarissa Shields that maintained. And that puts them on a certain level. And Hannah Rankins is four and one. And the loss came to the only person she fought with a winning record. Clarissa Shields beat Tori, sure enough, Nelson, who's ranked, what, number two or number three in her weight class? Whatever you think about women's boxing, she's fighting at a different level. She's talking about fighting people like Christina Hammer, uh, Mary Conejo. And I'm like, Clarissa Shields is up there. Hannah's on her way up. Don't. Don't start making this sort of noise because it doesn't do Hannah any favors. It doesn't do boxing any favors if we start saying, well, any man and his dog can just show up and fight for a world title. So people need to start being measured in what they say. And I know people say, well, win, lose, or draw is a great experience. That's not how life works. Like, if you set someone up to fail, it has long term effects on them going forward. Let her build. Like with all these other fighters, let the fighter build, let them get experience, let them do things the right way. I think, I think there's a difference. So if Clarissa Shield had a fight lined up on Friday night yeah. and on Wednesday that opponent dropped out and Hannah put her hand up and said, I'll take it. Yeah. Then I have no issue with that. Exactly. To try and pre-suppose that you can make that fight, that's, that's where you say about, uh, that's good or bad management to me. That's... Um, as you say, like she isn't going to win that fight. I, I don't care if anyone wants to come back at me and say she will. She won't. She won't. Um, and so what is the point in trying to plan out and manipulate that fight? As I say, if it came up on a whim, on a spur of the moment, and she went, Money's cool, right, I'll yeah. do it. You know, This could be my opportunity. But to try and create that opportunity in a fight you're not going to win is, you know when uh, Lee Purdy went out and fought for the world title Devin against Devin Alexander? Fair play to him. He took that at like last minute because Kel Brook pulled out. That was his opportunity. I've no issue with that. If Lee Purdy was trying to make that fight six months in advance, then you, know, you would have been saying, why? Like, you're not yeah. going to win that fight. You're mad. You're just, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Let Hannah Rankin fight Stacey Copeland. Make that fight. That's a benchmark fight. You beat Stacey Copeland, we're like, all right, you're, you're at the top of the British level right now. Cool, right? Let's start looking across to Europe for whatever you, wh- whoever you want to fight. 
then do that. But if you don't have that benchmark fight against someone who's a legit threat, you can't talk. But, you know, you have the Twitterati who have never had to take someone along the path of, you know, winning bouts and so forth. And they just have opinions because opinions are easy to tweet. And it gets frustrating, you know. I could, you know, but it's, you know, they're the wider things, aren't they? There's a whole issue. Andy's got his serial killer face on, just for the record. It's game over, man. I just think, I just think sometimes, sometimes sport and fan fandom of that sport can be a bit of a sandbox, especially if you're if you're sitting there thinking, like for example, with boxing, thinking about dream fights, like football. I personally, you've got you've got um, so the European Championships, you've got the the World Cup every four years, and so every two years you've got something. I would like to see in the um, in, interim years, it'd be nice if we had like um, La Liga All Stars versus the Premier League All Stars versus the League One All Stars, and also and have like a tournament, something like that. Then you'd probably get people going back. Why would anyone care about that? And there'd be people willing to tear that notion down in a heartbeat. But it's it's about it's about finding ways to celebrate that sport that you you enjoy. So some people out there would be like, oh, say they've taken a particular liking to Hannah Rankin. They're like, yeah, fucking right. I want to see her on the hope that now they might they might not they're probably not going to be as educated as uh, as other uh, as other boxing fans in the in the world of boxing. But they might think to themselves, if she pulls off a lucky win, then then she can. You know, I'm I'm just look, I'm just putting it out there. People think in different ways, and lu- lu- not from positions of strength particularly. Yeah. Although, so, although like Hannah Rankin has a sister, and her profile picture is literally her lifting a sheep up. And you know when you see that, you're, <laughs> and, and I, my first question was, can she box? Because she just honestly, it wasn't even small. It was like like, like a uh, cloud. Yeah, literally like a cumulus nimbus. Well, that, that other is... types of cloud are available. <laughs> We're not going to get sued by the heavens. God. It's like, how many sheep can you lift and count before you either fall asleep or get crushed by a sheep? Interesting. <laughs> but no, look, love Hannah Rankin, love what she's doing. Stop talking nonsense about who she should fight. I mean, one step at a time, for fuck's sake. Yeah. You know? Agree. Yeah, nice and simple. Second thing, but this is more for another podcast, but I'm going to flag it. <laughs> we need to really start talking about all this sponsorship. Like, a lot of guys are selling dreams to the public. Come on, they aren't backed up by numbers. But that's for another, that's for another podcast. Okay, uh, that we finally get to the end of. Callum the, the one, Callum the podcast. one, Callum the one. Right, just, just uh, quickly, uh, are we definitely, we've got Easter Sunday next weekend. Are you both going to be good for Easter Sunday uh, podcasts? Probably, probably. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm good for it. I can't can I give you a midweek answer? If you like. Well, at least it's, if it's one person and me, then you can I've got something. no idea why I wouldn't be, but my diary's <laughs> in Ireland right now, so. Okay, <laughs> so we may or may not be back next weekend. Probably 75% chance of a podcast next week. We'll cobble something. Thank you very much for listening. Get in touch on Twitter at New Age Boxing UK, at The Seven Wolves, at New Age Podfather. And how do people go response. about suing Ash if needed? Uh, just get in touch with... Um... I've got blisters on my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> what's, uh, what's that? Y- yes, yes, yes. He does do Alan impersonations. <laughs> Is that what it was? Who, does he look, who do you say he looks like? Beatles. Damien Sandow. I'm with you. Just get in touch with Damien Sandow um, and he'll point you in the direction of Ash. He's twin. I've run out of steam. Right. See you later, everyone. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye.